0: Hey guys, welcome back to the show. I'm doing something really cool today. I'm taking episode number one, the first episode I ever did of the W2 Prison Break Show with Jacob Ayers. And I'm clipping this portion where he's talking about how he did his first deal, single family home, while he was working his full time W2 engineering job, and then bought a couple more properties after that, and then purchased this seven unit off market multifamily building that he turned into an eight unit building and cashed out $200,000 in 18 months. It's just such an awesome story. I want you guys to hear this snippet. And then go back and listen to episode number one to get you know the full story, all the trials and tribulations that Jacob went through. I'll leave a link in the show notes so you can go easily find that. I hope you enjoy. This is a really, really cool story and definitely still relevant to what is happening in today's market. You can still do this stuff. You got into real estate Why did you decide to go there? And then let's talk about that first rental property because I'd love to hear the story about how that went and, you know, any challenges or fears that you had to overcome, you know, to be successful with that first property.
1: Yeah, sure. Well, I can remember sitting in my desk job, you know, First year of working my career and thinking to myself, okay, you know, how do I manage my finances? Let's think about this retirement thing because that was a foreign concept to me. And I think my mental hiccup, Brian, if I'm being totally honest, was around the concept of retirement. So here I am, you know, setting up my 401k and figuring out how to invest my money and all these things that made zero sense to me large cap, small cap, mid cap funds, blah, blah, blah. I'm like, I don't know any of this. What does any of this mean? Okay, well. What will I need to save up when I'm 65 or 67 to retire? And then, okay, let's follow me here, Brian. What's the concept after you reach retirement age? And this was the question I was struggling with at the time. Is the idea to save up enough money that you die before you run out of money or your money runs out before you die? And neither of those have a good answer. So I was like, well, this whole retirement concept doesn't sit well with me. I need to build up some passive income now. So I dabbled around playing in the stock market just with my own personal money and had no idea what I was doing there. It just wasn't really like exciting. It doesn't really click with me. But for whatever reason, I stumbled across uh, real estate investing. It just kind of resonated with me. I'm an engineer, so I've kind of got you know a numbers mindset. I like the spreadsheets. And I could kind of go out and find actionable knowledge online that was readily available and apply it to myself and my personal life. Mm. And so that's how I got started in the world of real estate investing. And how I did that is I went out and bought a single family house in my home market in Oklahoma, real small town. I like to tell the story because the numbers are pretty mind bogglingly low, but I bought this very first rental property. It was a single family house. I purchased it for $25,000 that was a $25,000 house. And people are probably thinking like, well, that's probably in the hood of Detroit or something. No, it was a one bedroom house, admittedly a small A-frame style house, but it was rent ready. It was inhabitable. It was a nice home. So I bought that. I did traditional financing. Looking back, I didn't even know that should be a hurdle because I just didn't know what I didn't know at the time. So I went out and got traditional financing, 20% down. I put $5,000 down, some closing costs, let's say All in, I was at 7,500 or 8,000 down out of pocket. And I kind of got this idea through listening to podcasts just like yours, Brian and others. And I'd studied about, hey, how do I, you know, buy a rental property and all the finances and how do I analyze it? But then I signed on the dotted line, the ink dried, and I thought, okay, now what? Now I've got to find tenants, which was a totally different ball game I'd never studied before. So I made all kinds of mistakes, just dozens of mistakes, like, right out of the gate. The first thing I did was make mistakes. So I experimented with that property for several years and did several different cool and unique things with it. I did rent it out long term. I did seller financing, learned a lot of things with it, kind of cut my teeth there didn't lose the shirt off my back, luckily. And I thought, Hey, this thing's pretty cool. I got that first rent check. And that was like my true aha moment. I can remember going to like the Walmart, whatever that center is at the front of Walmart to cash some kind of like money order from my renter. For whatever reason, that's how I was collecting rent at the time. And I'm thinking, man, this is so cool. I just cashed a rent check for $475. So to give you some perspective on the numbers on that deal, I mentioned I bought it for twenty five thousand, mm-hmm. put five thousand dollars down. My mortgage was—I still remember this number—hundred and forty one dollars and some change. Ooh. It's like I look at my cell phone bill now. My cell phone bill with me and my wife is larger than that mortgage payment. So, yeah. you know, my mentality going into that deal was like, hey, you know, I analyze these numbers, and if I can't make this thing work, at least it's not going to financially cripple me. I can still just pay the mortgage out of my own pocket every month. Luckily I turned around and I was able to rent it for $475. So I was cash flowing in the ballpark of $300 a month, which was really good for that type of property and for my own personal goal at the time. And I just thought, wow, this thing's really cool. I saw the power of real estate investing immediately. And I thought I want to do this thing again and again, next time let's go do it a little bit bigger. So the next deal was a duplex triplex so on and so on so that's kind of my story of how i came across real estate investing and actually got started investing in real estate
0: how did you find that deal
1: yeah it was an off-market deal in my home market i grew up in the area and i just knew of the property and Mm -hmm. so yeah i was just kind of word of mouth small community that type of thing One point I want to make about that deal is, you know, that deal obviously didn't move the needle very much for me. It wasn't like $300 a month was changing my lifestyle. Mentally, it was really cool, but, you know, in all reality, it really wasn't doing anything for me. And I think I see a lot of people trying to make a home run out of their very first deal. And that deal obviously really wasn't like a financial home run, you know, per se. It worked out okay, but it wasn't like, you know, some stellar changed my trajectory of my life type thing. Although it really did, but not, you know, with the monetary value, you know what I mean? So I would say, you know, the audience members listening, just realize, like, your first deal doesn't have to be the home run. It's just a base hit. Get the ball started. And, you know, from there, I snowballed to the next deal and the next deal. And that's where it really became impactful.
0: Yeah. Get in the game is what you're saying. Exactly. Exactly. Get in the game, and that'll create some momentum. It's created some momentum for you. So, give us another deal that you love, or maybe a recent one that was, you know, larger that you know had some challenges, maybe some mental blocks, and okay. you know, give us some context on that.
1: As you know, Brian, every deal comes with its own like kind of war stories, but a recent deal that I did that I thought was really cool and just felt very satisfying once I got it wrapped up and I'll try to make it succinct. But long story short, I found an off market eight unit property in a market that I had several other properties. And I just knew about this property, just driving by it And one day is, you know, terrible condition, awful condition. Like you probably wouldn't want to pull up in the parking lot. And so- for whatever reason I'm like hey i want to buy that place and fix it up so i reach out to the property owners i look them up through public records i reach out to the guy I say hey you know my name's jacob I own properties in the area i'm interested in buying your place he says yeah as a matter of fact i'm interested in selling this guy's a home builder he's not a landlord he's not a real estate investor all of his properties are in different areas now he just doesn't have the capacity to manage it which obviously showed in the property is like half vacant half dilapidated And so I strike up a negotiation with some terms called seller financing. And if your audience members aren't familiar with that, essentially, instead of me going and getting a loan from a bank or a lender, the owner carries the note. So he says, instead of, you know, you having to pay me the purchase price up front, you'll pay me a mortgage payment every month. And so I negotiated that $0 down. I purchased the eight unit for $160,000, which is $20,000 a door. Technically, when I purchased it, it was a seven unit. I converted it to an eight unit. I think there were three tenants there. One of the apartments was just totally vandalized, no front door, stray animals living in it. The other wow. units were pretty terrible condition. And you might be thinking like, okay, that sounds like a terrible idea, which fair enough, but there's a few risk mitigating measures I took in place. Obviously, I got seller financing with $0 down. So I had none of my own money in the deal. I took title in an LLC. So you know, I wasn't personally liable for anything, things like that. And so oddly enough, it cash flowed from day one. So I went in, I renovated it with money out of my pocket, I put $55,000 into the deal, I got it turned around stabilized, renovated every single unit, put all new tenants in there. Turned the whole deal around. And now that property's in the ballpark of $650,000. I just refinanced it, pulled out a couple hundred thousand dollars. That whole process took me about 18 months. And so I went from not having an eight unit. And at the end of that, I had an eight unit, a couple hundred thousand dollars. And yeah, the thing is cash flowing approximately like 22 $2,400 a month right now. So really cool deal. It just shows like, you know, there are deals out there, you can just go hustle, find them use creative financing strategies. If you don't have any money, don't let that stop you. If there's no deals on the market, don't let that stop you. If you know there's any of these other roadblocks or fears, you know, just find ways to protect your downside and take action.
0: That's a super deal, a super deal. So you're driving around, you're driving around, you drive for dollars essentially. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You find a property and then, okay, step number one, I'm driving around, looking for something. Okay, I found that step number two, I'm going to look up the tax records and find exactly. the seller. And I assume you called the seller? Yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So you got the number, you called him. He appreciated <laughs> you calling him. And this is what people don't do. They don't do they're looking on the mls or like there's it's a hot market there's no deals like no there are deals like there are people who don't want to own their buildings they don't want to be in the landlord business they want out of their house they're just not marketing that on the mls because no one's going to buy that house right or buy that property potentially so i love the fact that you put zero down did you have to pay them interest
1: Yeah, I paid. It was a 15-year note. I think the interest rate from memory was 4.75%. I did this at the beginning of 2020, which for all of us that are listening to this know what was going on at that time, beginning of COVID. So that was another risk factor. I'm like, what am I doing here? COVID's hitting, things are shutting down, tenants aren't paying rent. So yeah. That was another kind of big risk, but you know, I just knew like, Hey, I'm going to take title in an LLC. I'm not going to be personally liable for anything. I'm putting zero down. The only money I'm really risking is the out of pocket rehab money. And I was just doing that a little bit at a time, fixing up one unit, renting it, fixing up another, renting it. So I was collecting my money back fairly quickly, but yeah, I would say that, you know, looking at that property too, from the beginning, it looked like a property you wouldn't want to touch you wouldn't want to like I said pull in the parking lot there mm. and you have to realize like you know sometimes there's opportunities hidden there's diamonds in the rough they don't look like a good deal you know you drive by you're like, no I'm not messing with that thing but if you can just have the vision to know what that thing could be and you'll find deals that people will skip over because of that reason alone that's a tough thing for me because you know I'm looking at properties all the time and I want to see something nice and shiny and pretty but I know that's not where the value lies you got to find that kind of ugly hairy property that needs A little love. All
0: right, guys, that's it. Go back and listen to episode number one with Jacob for the full story. Would you wait 18 months to get $200,000? I mean, this is such an awesome story how he bought this thing on seller financing and just paid for the rehab and was cash flowing the entire time. These deals exist, they are out there. You just got to look. Like Jacob's a resourceful guy. There's a lot more in episode number one how we found the deals again i'm going to leave the link in the in the show notes so so that it's easy for you to find it see you on the next episode make it a great day